from God's Word this morning, the creation story. Let us, uh, before we do that, let us come to God in a time of prayer. Lord God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to be together as your people, in your presence, hearing from your Word. And as we hear from the familiar story of creation, may we not just take it for granted all that you did for us and for this world, but may we hear new nuggets of information, but not just that we receive information, but that through it we will, through the power of your Holy Spirit, be transformed more and more into your likeness as the image bearers that you call us to be. So bless the reading and bless the proclamation that follows. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Genesis 1, right in the beginning of the Bible. And my tablet was, doesn't want to go there, so we're using paper. <laughs> Genesis 1. Thank goodness this is uh, large print, too. So <laughs> That's a good choice. Genesis 1, we begin reading at verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. And God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. And the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing among them with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, 
Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, and by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Thanks be to God for his holy word. So last month I had the opportunity and honor to lead what is called a decoration day service at the Exeter Cemetery. And I've never heard of a decoration day service before, so I talked with the, some of the administration at South Huron office about what to expect and what they expected of me. And I sort of understood what was expected. So the theme of that message that day was about telling stories. And so I started off with a little story. So those who were in attendance at that service will have heard this little story. But during the summer, I received an invoice emailed to me from a landscaping business in Virginia. And as I looked at the invoice a little closer, I realized that it wasn't a scam. It was an actual invoice that was emailed to me in error, again, all the way from Virginia. I noticed it wasn't uh, issued to either myself or my wife, Michelle, but it was issued to uh, Jesse to break. And his Gmail address is almost the same as mine, with the exception that mine has the letter K for Kevin and his has the letter J for Jesse. So I sent this email back to Jesse to break, and thankfully, he was more than willing to pay his own bill. But it did spark further email conversation about our ancestors. I mean, we have the same last name, the same spelling, and it might be possible that we're connected to one another somewhere down that ancestral line. But it turned out that we weren't related. But he had a lot of historical information on the various to break genealogies, including my line. So he provided some information and interesting stories on my family line going back all the way to the 1500s in Alton, the Netherlands. And he shared some stories that were passed down from one generation to another. Just like a good wine gets better with age, I'm suspecting that some of these stories got better with age as well. (laughs) But it's because of those ancestors that I am here. 
those ancestors had a role to play in me being here today. And each of those names in that genealogical page, each name has a story. And their story then partly becomes my story. So it'd be interesting to know if my line includes royalty. It doesn't. Or was it a line of servants? But we came. We all come from a story. And we, of course, have our own stories. And our stories impact our lives, of course, but also other lives. And we get to see ourselves in the bigger picture and see ourselves connected to others and to their stories. So stories often help describe who we are, where we came from, and perhaps who we're connected to. As mentioned, over the next several weeks, we will be following a book by author Kevin Adams. And the book's titled, The Book That Understands You. And this book, and hopefully the messages that follow, will help us to connect our story with the story of God's Word, the Bible. And more importantly, connect us closer to Jesus and to one another. So where better to begin this story than in Genesis? And Genesis 1 puts us in the story of creation. And we've just read through the story, the creation story from Genesis 1, and perhaps it's a familiar story to many of you. And perhaps you have your theories on the biblical creation story, but put that aside because what is important is verse 1. And verse 1 states... It sets the story off stating what we need to focus on. In the beginning, God created. God created the heavens and the earth. You see, in Genesis 1, right in the beginning of the Bible, God is a subject. God created. And as we go further in these verses, as we read, we hear the words, God said. God said, and it happened. He's the creator. He's the producer of this story. In the beginning, God begins the actions. God is the active person. And the verbs are all referring back to him, to his work. God is a subject. But God doesn't play all the roles. Because we too have a response. But it was in the beginning where God created the world in which we have this wonderful and creative story of God's beautiful creation intended for his people, as stated in the following verses, in verses 1 to 25. Through God's creativity, he brought humanity into existence. When God was finished, he saw everything that he created. And as we read in verse 31, God saw that it was very good. A perfect God who's created a perfect world. Of course, it's going to be very good. Now for a moment, we're going to just look at verses 26 to 28, where that story of creation includes us. The story provides our roles. Again, God is the producer, but we are the actors in this story. And we can become players in this story. And this is where we see ourselves fitting into this biblical story of creation. 
We read in verses 26, part of 26 and 27, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. At verse 27, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Humanity was created in God's likeness, in his image. We were created by God and for God. And being created in God's image means that we have this special relationship with God. And this relationship, it differs from angels, it differs from animals. Being created in the image and likeness of God means that God has given us a spiritual nature that enables us to to know Him, to worship Him. God gave us wisdom, He gave us a heart full of love, the will to do right, the authority to rule over the world. And God created His people to be creative. All with the sole purpose to constantly and continually give God the glory and praise. Now back in the time of Moses, Moses wrote these first five books. There were no mirrors or pictures like we have today. People weren't taking selfies. So an image then was not what we refer to as an image as today when we hear the word image. See, being made in God's image is not like putting a picture of us beside a picture of God and and just kind of comparing these two pictures and looking for any similarities. No, our similarities are not in the physical likeness. But our similarities are in the characteristics. So an image would refer more to like an imprint Being created in the image of God meant that God has left his imprint upon us. He's left an impression on us. We have in us a part of our creator God. Because we're made in his image, we have value. Now, you may have heard from verse 22 that the animals, fish, and the birds, they were blessed. As humans, we're also blessed. But they were not made in the image of God. People are made in God's image. And each person is special to God. His creative imprint is upon us. His Holy Spirit is in us. God breathed into humanity. We hear that in chapter 2, verse 7. So whether someone is as young as the youngest person here unborn even, or as old as our oldest senior, or somewhere in between. Each person is in the image of the Creator God. And God has imprinted upon us an understanding and awareness of Himself into His people. So when we open our eyes in the morning, we cannot help but see our Creator God. And we have a sense of God in this world and in our lives. As we go through the day, whether staying at home or going to work or school, and the things that are before us, they need to point us to our Creator God. When we watch television and cheer on our favorite sports team after that winning goal of the game, there is a sense of our Creator God. Because God has given us this creation to enjoy. And so that as we enjoy things in this world, we can be pointed to God and give Him the glory. So when you look in the mirror and you see yourself, 
you don't see the physical image of God. But what I hope you do see is the image bearer of God. So being made in the image of God and having his imprint upon us means that we can know God better and know ourselves better. John Calvin, in his Institutes of the Christian Religion, he began his four volumes with talking about knowing God. He begins by stating that human beings come to know more about themselves as they learn more about God. And they come to learn more about God as they learn more about themselves. So as image bearers of God, it means that we can have a knowledge and an understanding of God. So we may often ask ourselves, okay, what is the will of God? What is the mind of Christ? Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, we read, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Now we cannot know what pleases the Lord if we were not made in the image of God. We have his imprint upon us. There are times that we might say, well, we can't possibly know the mind of Jesus, but we are able to know Jesus in his mind because God has instilled a certain knowledge into his people. Now, yes, of course, sin will distort that knowledge. Again, we're going to talk more about that next week. But this knowledge of ourselves and knowledge of God, they're so interconnected, according to Kelvin. And it's through that power of the Holy Spirit in us. That breath of God in us. Some ways to begin to understand and know God is through prayer. Through that conversation with God. Through the reading of His Word. Not only in times like corporate worship this morning, but in small groups in individual times. The reading of His Word. Through creation, we get to know God through creation. Through knowing that you are His image bearer. You are the image bearer of God. Being made in God's image means that we can have knowledge of God. But it also means that creation was crowned with God creating humanity. As we read in verse 26, we are rulers. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. The Creator God gave His creation to the creature, to humanity. And we read in Psalm 8, verse 5, as our call to worship this morning, and these words are repeated in Hebrews 2, verse 7, you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. As image bearers of God, we have been crowned. We have been created to rule. We've been created, we've been given the command to be stewards of creation. Again, God is the active person in creation. He's the creator, but he gave each of us a role to play. And we are responsible for his creation. We're to rule over his creation. Ruling doesn't indicate a dictatorship, nor does it give us the right to do anything we please. Ruling includes responsibility. 
and accountability. It's part of our stewardship where we're called to take care of creation. Being stewards of God's creation means that we have the responsibility to utilize the gifts that God has created in each of us. John Piper wrote, If you are God, your work is to create out of nothing. If you are not God, but like God, that is, if you are human, your work is to take what God has made and shape it and use it to make him look great. So just as God is the creator, he has instilled into us as his image bearers to be creators. God has created us to be builders and designers and creators of many things. He's given us talents and interests to use. He's given us spiritual gifts to be used in the church. It's our part, all part of our role as image bearers to rule the creation. So God has made us in his image. That gives us knowledge of God. It gives us a responsibility as stewards, as rulers. And it also means that we are relational because God is a God of community. God is a God of relationship. We see that throughout Scripture and this morning again in Genesis through the relationship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The relational triune God was at work through the creation of the world. Again, we look at verse 26. Let us make mankind in our image. You see, we are created out of community for community. As God is a God of relationships, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, He initiates a relationship with His people. And He desires His people to respond to Him and to resemble Him in enjoying a relationship with Him, but also with one another. God has initiated this relationship with us. And He did this at the beginning And even with the fall, the relationship was broken. But it was restored through another relationship, through the person of Jesus Christ. God so loved this world and his people that he sent his one and only son to save us. And he desires us to actively respond to him, to have faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're called to love God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's that vertical relationship that we have. And we're called to love one another, that horizontal relationship. Love one another. Despite our different stories, despite our different personalities, despite our different preferences, because we have at least one thing in common, and that's our one triune God. And being created by our triune God in his image. God lives in relationship. And as God's children, we too are called to live in relationship. So we're made in the image of God. We are image bearers. And as a result, we come to know God. We're rulers, we're stewards. And we are relational people with God and with one another. 
And as God's image bearers, as his children, we're encouraged to share our stories of where God is at work in our lives. And as we share our stories, it's good to be reminded again of God in our story. Or more importantly, how he's included us in his story. So God is the subject of creation. And as his image bearers, we're given a role So knowing that you are an image bearer in the story of God, how does that impact your life? Not only for the future, saying, yes, I'm saved, I have salvation, but for today, saying, yes, I'm saved, but for a purpose. A statement from Kevin Adams' book resonated with me. And it goes as follows. The story of our beginning shapes the way in which we see the world and how we respond to it. So how does understanding that God is the creator affect your daily activities? When you look at things, keep in mind God created it. When you look at people, keep in mind that God created him or her. God is the creator. What does that mean, how you view things in this world? What does that mean, how you view people in this world? How do you view yourself in this world? May you see yourself as belonging to him and being made in his image. May you see yourself as having value because you are created by God and he sent his son, Jesus, for you. Knowledge of this should impact your life. Knowledge of this will frame your story. Have faith and believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as God, as your creator. Let's close off with reading together professing our faith. From stanza 10 and 11 of our contemporary testimony, our world belongs to God. Professing what God has done and our response. So let's stand together as we profess these words. Let us say together these words, made in God's image, in loving communion with our Maker. We're appointed earth keepers and caretakers to tend the earth, enjoy it, and love our neighbors. God uses our skills for the unfolding and well-being of his world so that creation and all who live in it may flourish. In stanza 11, we read together. Together, male and female, single and married, young and old, Every you and variety of humanity were called to represent God. For the Lord God made us all. Life is God's gift to us, and we're called to foster the well-being of all the living, protecting from harm the unborn and the weak, the poor and the vulnerable. Amen. Let us pray. Creator God, Father God, God who desires a relationship with his people. God who created us as image bearers. We thank you for opportunities to know you more. For times of worship, for your creation, for your word. 
We thank you for including us in your great story and for your continued desire to have a relationship with us. Thank you for blessing us and for involving us in your kingdom. And may we take our roles seriously and obediently, striving to seek you and your will for our lives in this world. And may each of us again be reminded of what it means to be your son, your daughter, and how we can respond. Bless this series and bless those who will be getting together as small groups or families or individually to grow closer to you and to your people through the resource of the book that we're studying. It is only in Jesus' name.